Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of our Edinburgh Fringe Specials here on the Stagey Place, the podcast where I, Elliot, get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre, from writers to directors, producers to stage managers, and everyone who works tirelessly in between to make sure that these productions are ready for you, the audiences, to watch day in, day out for nearly seven days a week, especially throughout August, when the Fringe comes to Edinburgh. So here on the Stagey Place, what can you expect throughout August? Well, we've got companies all over coming up to Edinburgh for the Fringe this year, and I've had the chance to chat with some of the creators in those productions. So today on episode one, I am chatting with Keaton Saunders-Brown from Blocked Off, which is performing at the Pleasance Courtyard. Plus, I'll be chatting to Jess Millwood, the director of Fritz and Matlock, also at the Pleasance Courtyard. So, without any further ado, let's get on with our first interview with Keaton Saunders-Brown. Hello, Keaton Saunders-Brown, and welcome to the Stage of Place. How are you doing today? I am all right. The sun is blazing. I'm here with you. (laughs) (laughs) We are here today talking in one of the dressing rooms here at Pleasance. Gorgeous. It is very nice. (laughs) We were going to do it downstairs in the bar, but there is a lot of ventilation, a lot of fans going on. So we've come upstairs to the dressing room. Keaton, you are the writer of Blocked Off, which is coming to the Pleasance Courtyard in the upstairs space. Yes. from the 3rd until the 29th. You're missing out the 10th and the 23rd of August and it is playing at 10 past 3. How excited are you for bringing the show to the Edinburgh Fringe? Goodness gracious, I am excited. I'm very excited. Me and Jake have been developing the project for like three years. It's supposed to go on at Mountview as part of the Catalyst Festival for an hour show in 2020 and COVID. So we adapted it and everything. So we're just like excited to finally have it on the stages that it's supposed to be on and like yeah, just very, very excited. Yeah, and this is a one-woman show. Yes. So I've got the press release right in front of me, but I think it would be better to hear it from you, yeah. what the show is all about. Yes. So the show is a one-woman show about five characters. Well, she plays and habits these five main characters living in the kind of, what I would like title-wise, and it's very like loose term, but the cycle of deprivation, which to me, and people have different definitions, is the kind of being at the whim of your circumstances and you can't really get out of it. Like, once one bad thing happens, it's more likely for another to happen. And so it's hard to escape that. You're in your situation because of your situation a little bit. And yeah, to to be honest, like, in a lot of conversations, the play is about those people trying to escape that cycle in a way. But at the same time, there is a thing that we wanted to do with this play that wasn't just plot heavy in the sense. And we wanted to show the experiences of these people, not just the plot line of getting out of this thing and the bad life like it's just I call them hood tales like yeah. but you're literally listening to like real stories like from people that I know my yeah. life exactly itself so yeah it's a very like experience driven play but we definitely push on and on and on with a one woman format you need to really go um, yeah. you can't really lag or slack in a kind of way of that you might be able to with kitchen sink or anything like cast wise yeah 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 and like you just said there it's kind of based off people that you knew and like personal experiences so what is that like trying to develop the stories that you know into actually a theatrical setting like this Mm. especially with a one woman show so i mean that was a massive massive conversation that we had um over our r&d stage that we had uh 2021 january on zoom yeah, like I had a whole day of just talking to people in working class background. Nearly everyone that we hired over that over that week, we had a lot of people. We had like 15 to 20 people hired that week. Um, but a big focus was 
the authenticity of stories and like not creating kind of poverty porn vibe productions that like just oh here's some working class stuff for your benefit for your understanding but not not doing justice or truth or authenticity to those backgrounds in terms of theatricalizing it i think it's just a lot of care in trying to make the characterization genuine yeah so like with our actor and stuff like that making sure that we really use like the craft of, mm. of a performance to get those lifelike rather than just caricatures and I feel yeah. like I feel like it's, it, overall it is just it's about making sure that as long as you're answering that big question yeah. at the base of it everything else will be authentic and like the theatricalization won't won't be too far from yeah. the truth of it yeah and were you always thinking about this being a one person show because obviously you've got so many voices was there ever a point in the early stages that it was going to be a big company or were you always thinking it was one person's voice talking about all these other people yeah I, I feel like it has always been one person yeah short answer long answer slightly longer answer <laughs> is that like it was a producer kind of thing that we had to have a small cast for catalyst for example so i wrote it like yeah. that in my eyes i always say that this play could be done by one person five people or 20 people and there's no real in between like yeah so but this one person i think it, it makes it special in a very like interesting way of like craft just overall as the directing the writing and the tech team like we have such a difficult task I, there's a play called death of england that, yes. that was a yeah. national year and um i wrote this before that yeah. <laughs> roy williams gosh <laughs> still my idea no um, <laughs> but wrote that and death of england came out and it's such a similar play but i call this death of england on steroids yeah because it's <laughs> a lot of people have approached this play and actually like with our difficulties of recasting and stuff like that have been uh, not like, it's been very difficult to, to find a way to take it off the page yeah. as one person. So yeah, always started with one person, but it, 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 could, it could be more, it could yeah. be more, yeah. yeah. And tell me what you're really looking forward to audiences experiencing from this play. Is there a sort of, you know, attitude or something that you want them to come away with or come into the show knowing? Mm come into the show knowing that we we aim not to preach we aim not to to tell you stuff that you already know quote unquote yeah um like we need we want to we want to give an experience we want to give an, uh, another perspective to the thoughts that we all definitely have had about class or haven't tried to have about class it's very like yeah we want we want we want people to just come and have a thought yeah. about it and it doesn't I hope it doesn't attack anyone I hope pe people feel represented rewritten certain characters to make sure that that's the case like, in ways and like stick to that authenticity but yeah like I hope audiences really come away with a new perspective like you're not working class then an understanding of some of those experiences and struggles um, and if you are you feel like I'm finally on that stage in that kind of way that isn't a certain representation yeah uh, yeah yeah, and coming away from the show, what do you want people to experience? Feel like you are able to have this conversation now a little yeah. bit more. Just a little bit more. Not like I'm going to equip you with all the tools, because a play can't do that in an hour. That's the yeah. point. Like, you need to go to see it, to wake up a little bit. Like, some of the best plays ever, like, there's a moment in it where, like, there's baked beans or something. And now, baked beans have an association with that. And now you're yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. And, like, and I call it, in all, in all the other interviews, I call it Inception. Like, you plant the seed and it go away. Like, I, I don't think anyone's going to come out of this having a whole life changed. No. But at the same time, I think you have the seed to change your own life yourself. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And so, Keating, you've been, as we've been talking about before this recording, been up to the French a couple of times before in the past. So, how exciting is it that this production is happening on the stages at the Pleasance? Because you have been part of the Young Pleasance yes. Company in the past, yes. going up to Edinburgh. So, what's it like to now have your work on in one of the venues at the Pleasance for you? Very, very, like, honoured in a way, because it felt, it did feel not because of the pleasance, not because of anything, just because of productions and the theatre industry as a whole, it did feel out of reach yep. in a way. Even though we were empowered and, and, and like given that like, oh look, that's the next step if you wanted to do that, it did feel a bit closed off or like out of reach and like, I think that's just the industry as a whole, mm -hmm. being working class, being black, being of those like kind of the, the mixed like middle ground of everywhere. But I'm so honoured. The big, the big thing I've, I've thought about is that I don't think I'd be up in Edinburgh this year if it wasn't for the grant of, of the Generate Fund yeah. from the Pleasance and like yeah like that, it's a bit of a dream in a way to have that because we wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to do that without it yeah. Um, and yeah seeing coming from Young Pleasance as well it's just yeah. fun <laughs> it's just fun it's just like because yeah we, we had a laugh that was amazing Young Pleasance was two of the best summers of my life hands down yeah very different experiences both time as well so every yeah. time you go it's always going to be different <laughs> what, what are the highlights from the stuff that you've done when you've been up for man that you can that you can talk about on the podcast. A lot of first thing that came to my head there was doing the red shoes and my co-star Hannah, we played death together and like having like cabaret kind of numbers when I'm not a singer. I wasn't a singer, I am now, I'm trained. Yeah. <laughs> but um, was not a singer and it was just such a blast like to have this role where like I can oversee this story and like it was just so interesting. Like usually that's like the throwaway character but it became so fun and so interesting yeah experiencing learning how to use mics on a stage of 300 when i was like 19 18 like that's such an interesting experience that yeah the highlight of of, of just being like and, and a highlight of being like one of the older members of that company yeah like, and taking responsibility on in some ways to like help out with the cast warn people like whatever it is that was so yeah it, it taught me a lot it gave me a lot of like um, confidence in in facilitation and other things that i do a lot like yeah. directing and whatever well, Keaton, thanks so much for coming on to talk about Blocked Off. What I'd love to know, and I'm sure what our audiences would love to know, is whereabouts they can also hear about your work. So what have you got coming up after The Fringe? What have you got coming up at the moment that people can listen out for in the future? Yeah. First off, with Blocked Off, we do have, and it has been announced now, that Camden People's Day, we have a run at Camden People's Day in London in November um, for two weeks, which is really great. And in general, I think, check out Wooden Arrow, my production company, Wooden Arrow. Yeah. And Jake isn't here, but I would love to plug his El Gordo Theatre Company. They make great work as well. Yeah, but Wooden Arrow is, is a very big, I call it like a platform company. We help try and give spaces to emerging artists of all kinds. Like we have a scratch night that is completely like, got to have, we have an industry panel. We have very big on feedback. Like we figured out how to like manage this thing that's streamlined and like so many of our people have like used that as a platform to really like kick off plays on next year. Yeah. So woodenarrow.org, um, our socials at Arrow Wooden um, on Twitter and Instagram. Great, fantastic. And Keaton, one final question, and it is about advice. So for anybody listening, your episode is going out 
quite early on in the run of the whole fringe. So if people are listening <laughs> to this episode, knowing that they're coming up to Edinburgh for the first time this year as an audience member, what advice would you have or any tips for them coming up to the Edinburgh Fringe? As an audience member? Yes. Interesting. Pace yourself. Uh, okay. If you're up there for a while, plan, organise, make sure you know where the venues are. That is the key, key, <laughs> key. Because if you're going from the dome to the courtyard, you will die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think be kind on the mile, please. Yeah. <laughs> we are trying yeah. to not stuff a flyer in your face, but at the same time we have to sell. Yeah. And there are a lot of companies that aren't supported by grants and funds and stuff and that please like support them in that way. That's the advice, yeah. quote unquote. But like yeah, like have fun with with checking out different spaces, try not to just go to the big ones, the yeah. big shows that everyone knows, because there are little gems out there. Like, it, obviously, it's, it's a bit difficult to find them sometimes, but yeah, and wh- word of mouth is, is is the key, really. So, like, ask people you trust about tickets. Yeah, I think where just, to go. I think you just made a really good point there about the big, like, the big shows and stuff. Yeah. Like, even though they get advertised. There are other smaller shows out there, and like you say, people are flyering on the mile. Yeah. If you've never been to Edinburgh, it's the most crazy, crazy, crazy road yeah. in, in the in the year that you'll ever have. <laughs> um, and yeah, people are flyering. Like you say, people maybe don't have grants, maybe first companies yeah. start going up, yeah. just taking it all out of their own money. It's really yeah. important to support those yeah. smaller shows that Very aren't a sure. part of like not just the big shows, but also the big venues, the ones that mm. have the money to splash out on their own style programs, yeah. for example. Yeah, it does. To be honest. It, in, in, a, in, a, in a different vein like from when I went up before and I was I was young and a bit inexperienced and I still am inexperienced in a way so like it does look like this year there are a lot of those shows yeah. like there are well, within the pleasance at least of what I've seen like those shows are right like Blocked Off is a small scale show with support like really in a way and that platform now we can finally show off that craft that amazing work that we have put in and yeah that, that kind of a little bit of chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Not in a negative way, but like, oh, you got something to prove finally we're on that stage. And like, that's the, I know that's the middle ground, that the fine middle ground to find in a way. Like, and yeah, some of those shows aren't with that support. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Keaton, thanks again so Woo! much for coming on. You are the writer of Blocked Off. Let's remind our audiences, when can they watch the show? You can watch the show in Edinburgh from the 3rd to the 29th. Some of our show dates have slightly changed, but check them out online <laughs> to find out what's right. Yeah, we also have the run in Camden People's Theatre in November. Um, check that out online as well. Perfect. Keaton, thanks Woo! so much. Thank you. <laughs> and there we go. That was the first of our two interviews on this Edinburgh Fringe special here on the Stagey Place with Keaton Saunders-Brown, the writer of Blocked Off, being performed at the Pleasance Courtyard in the upstairs area from the 3rd until the 29th of August, from 10 past 3 until 10 past 4. We're now going to jump straight into our second interview with Jess Millward, the director of Fritz and Matlock. Hello Jess, and welcome to the stage place. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much. Would you like to explain your role? Who am I? Great yeah. question. I'm Jess Millward and I'm a theatre director and I'm going to be directing Fritz and Matlock at the Pleasance Courtyard Attic, which is really exciting. Yes, and so we've done this show before because I'm also a part of the show. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did the show last October at the Pleasance and it's now yeah. coming up to Edinburgh this August. How are you feeling about taking it out? I'm actually so excited. This is a show that I am so proud of. I think mm. the team on this are yeah. just so talented and 
I think I'm really excited to share it again, but with Edinburgh audiences this time. It's a really dark comedy, and yeah, we're about to go into rehearsals next week to yeah. kind of remount it and rejig some things. But I think it's a really special show, and yeah, I'm just buzzing to be back with the team. They're such a talented bunch. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really are, and I think it just makes the show yeah really special. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, so why don't you give me yeah. the elevator pitch about what the show's oh, about? Oh, okay, gosh. Every time I pitch this show, it sounds bonkers, but in a good yeah. way, hopefully. It is about Fritz and Matlock, who are two friends who are trapped in a basement where there is a dead body in a chest freezer. The house is also a weed grow. Your face, yeah. <laughs> as I pitch it. And so I know the show. You know the show. <laughs> but it explores kind of toxic friendships, mental health, but it's also full of northern comedic bite, I would say. Yeah. Like surreal elements too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how were you feeling last year when you were bringing the show up? for audiences what were you hoping yeah. for them to expect from the show for me the show is a bit of a thriller yeah but also quite comedy as well very dark but I guess for me I I wanted them to just be on that ride with us there's yeah. a line in the play ride the wave yeah. where the characters are getting high and yeah. hallucinating <laughs> but I think that that's kind of what I want audiences to feel like on this with this show even though they're you know trapped with us that we'd kind of like exploring some massive topics without feeling like that yeah yeah so i guess i want audiences to laugh but also be quite shocked with the twist that yeah. happens in the play which yes. we can't talk about can't talk. but yeah i also want there to be real conversations having a pint afterwards about those big topics i think toxic friendships isn't something that we see a lot maybe in theater yeah and the way that Jamie and Sal have explored it through the writing is really interesting and innovative, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm really interested about, obviously, with London audiences, they knew what they were probably coming into to oh, see the so show. Yeah. Whereas, like, with Edinburgh, you don't necessarily mm. have audiences who are coming to see that show specifically. It's just because they've got, like, some time off mm. in their day that they might yeah. want to go and see something. So, so I'm really interested to see how they react to the show having not known about the maybe the yeah. elements and mm. the you know the toxic masculinity that is yeah. involved in the show so yeah, i'm really excited definitely. for that i agree i think as well when we were making the show last time covid was still really big yeah and it felt quite scary like this was kind of first show back we didn't really know how audiences were gonna take it mm. in a way and i think this time around we can just really have fun and like yeah like you say there'll be audiences who don't know really what to expect you haven't read up about the show yeah and that's really exciting to me yeah. as well yeah and so yeah. you spoke earlier on about jamie and sal oh, who are the yeah. writers of the show but also <laughs> are the performers of the show yeah. what's it like to work with them as a director i love working with jamie and sal so we worked together before on a different show called operation crucible yeah. that was on at sheffield theaters and they are just so talented like the way they write the way they're like a duet and you don't often get that where people write together and work on a play yeah. together yeah, yeah, genuinely yeah. a partnership and like they are they, so close yeah they? they are yeah. but they're really special i think they're just they're very good at being like we're the writers now so we can talk about the work and then yeah. also switching to them being the actors and having the actors kind of process for the work as yeah. well and going really deep in that but also they are really open to collaboration and like my thoughts and really good team I think in that aspect yeah. of like creating the work 
together. And also they're great at being surprised as well. Like in yeah. the room when we throw ideas at each other, I think we've just got such a shared language now because we've worked together so much. Because yeah. when we were making the show the first time, we were basically in rep with the other yes. shows. So we were rehearsing during the day in Sheffield uh -huh. and then they were doing the Operation Crucible in the evening. Yeah. So it was like quite an intense, <laughs> intense environment. But in a way, maybe that's prepared us really well for the Edinburgh yeah. and how intense Edinburgh can be. Yeah. But yeah, but I think that because of that, we're just so tuned in to each other and each other's way of working. And yeah, yeah I can't wait to be back with them, to be honest. It's going to be great. Yeah, so obviously rehearsals have not started for this Edinburgh run yet. Yeah. It will be next week by the time this episode goes out. We'll both be on of the us, train. Yeah, both <laughs> of us will be up uh, yeah. in Edinburgh. So let's talk about the changes, if any, that you are having to make for the Edinburgh audiences. Because I know that probably the staging and configuration yeah. is totally different, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be quite different because we were on at the Pleasance downstairs last time and now we're in the attic in the courtyard. So it's definitely a more intimate space. And in terms of the set, we have a chest freezer, which is quite ambitious for Edinburgh, but we're doing yeah, it. Really. And yeah, so we've changed with Jess, um, the fit designer, we've changed a few elements to kind of simplify the sets yeah. in a way. But in terms of... What I'm changing in rehearsals next week, it will be about rediscovering these characters again, yeah. finding new things that are interesting to us. But yeah, also reblocking to make it work in this new configuration because it is really different to what we did before. The main thing is going to be about near the end of the play. There's yeah. a big surprise that happens, yeah. which I can't talk about it, but please come and see it so you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's probably going to be the biggest thing I need to change and okay. figure out how how we can make that work in such an intimate space yeah. and also feel safe, I suppose. Yeah. On my own in this like prep time this week, it's been quite a funny one because I've been just watching the archive recording and yeah. the printout and just kind of like figuring out moments and, and how it can work in this new space. And I think it can, yeah. That's, that's really exciting. It, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be more intimate feeling, but I actually think that works really well with the play. Yeah, so. yeah. and I know you touched on upon it a little bit earlier on about finding these characters again. Yeah. But obviously, so... We did the show in October last year. This is now, what, 10 months later? So how do you manage to get back into the space of, or, you know, the headspace for Jamie and Sal, for these characters? I know that they've wrote the piece, so it's yeah. probably quite easy for them to maybe get into character mm. again. But what is it from last time, character-wise, that you're looking to really home in on for this run? Totally. I think it's been a long time since we looked at the characters. Yeah. So part of it will be us discovering them again like I was saying and and yeah finding what makes them tick the thoughts and why they're saying what they're saying I think you know we discovered quite a lot last time even in the performances of what the characters are thinking and I think what's great about Jamie and Sal is we don't really work in a this is how you say that like you know everything yeah. is open and we we work a lot with points of concentration a little bit to kind of keep it alive but yeah so I guess in the rehearsal process we'll be just going back to basics I think mm. particularly for the first few days just trying to really figure out yeah this relationship is such a complex relationship they've got such a, a history together yeah. it's going to be about rebuilding that history I think and also remembering that the audience are seeing it for the first time so we need to find that pathway and that arc of the relationship within yeah. the play. Yeah. So yeah, and just yeah, and just being specific about the characters again and what are their likes and just being kind of going back to basics a bit. 
which yeah. I think will really help us find the play again. Yeah. Yeah. So now when audiences listen to this episode, they're probably coming up to Edinburgh. They may be coming up to Edinburgh for the very first time, Jess. So what <gasps> I want to know is whether or not they are a company or they are audience members coming up to Edinburgh, what advice or tips do you have for them you know moving around the fringe this year love it uh, my tips are quite practical Elliot but okay. ho- hopefully yeah. you like them um, <laughs> my first one is wear comfy shoes there's nothing mm. worse than wearing uncomfortable shoes in Edinburgh you'll be doing way more walking than you think then my other tip is that you should if you can make some lunches eat some whole you know yeah. wholesome food because don't get me wrong I love the mac and cheese hut at George <laughs> Square and you will find me there but yeah look after yourself make sure you're eating right and just, just have, save some money by having some sandwiches ready yeah. some days then also maybe bring a book with you when you're watching mm. shows because I have found myself caught out and I've got like 20 minutes to kill yeah. and actually maybe it's better that you don't go and get a drink all the time yes. in those 20 minutes yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah maybe bring a book and then my final one is go home <laughs> if yeah. you're not feeling it yeah. there's nothing worse than feeling just numb watching shows and feeling like the yes. shows aren't affecting you yeah. and it's kind of unfair on the artist and yeah. performers if the shows aren't affecting you and and if you're just numb to it and actually you're not in the right headspace to be watching shows so just go yeah. home and chill out and relax and then you'll be in a better place to watch the work yeah. later I think those are my tips and tell me Jess yeah. any recommendations you have for people coming up to the French this year what are you excited for? so I've got three shows that I'm excited for one is called Joshua and Me which is also at the Pleasance I think it's Pleasance Dome and it's directed by Lucy Jane Atkinson who oh, is a yeah. director I think is really cool and she's one of the kindest people in this industry she's so generous um, and I think that show is going to be really good yeah. I think. and the other one is Bloody L a gig musical which at the Traverse yes and that's directed by Bryony Shanahan, who directed Operation Crucible, who's Great. also someone who has like, shaped my practice so much, and she's so talented, so I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. And then the other one is called Far Gone, which is at Zoo Southside, and I really don't know that much about it, but it was on at Sheffield Theatres oh, yeah. in the studio space, so yeah. I think that that will also be quite Was that whilst Operation Crucible was on? No, it no. wasn't. It was just on there, but it was received really well. There was oh, quite well. a lot of like buzz about it and a lot of people in Sheffield were saying to me how moved they were by that piece so I need to go and see it and find out what that's all about really. Amazing, yeah. perfect well those are great recommendations, great tips, great advice oh, thanks, uh, Jess, thanks so much for coming on to the Stagey Place today, we were talking about Fritz and Matlock which is at the Pleasance Courtyard in the attic space from 2.05 to 3.05 in the afternoon thanks Jess. Thank you Elliot and there we go, that was the second interview of this first episode on the Stagey Place talking to companies going up to the Edinburgh Fringe special. Just then, you heard from Jess Millward, who is the director of Fritz and Matlock, which is performing at the Pleasance Courtyard in the attic from 2.05 to 3.05 in the afternoon. And let's not forget that earlier in this episode, we were chatting to Keaton Saunders-Brown from Blocked Off. So I bet you're all wondering who we're chatting to in episode two of these Edinburgh Fringe specials. Well, I can reveal that we have Charlotte Ann Tilly from Almost Adult, which is being performed at the Gilded Balloon, and Alice Underwood from Don't Ask, Don't Get Baby, which is performing at Greenside, which is very, very exciting. I've seen Don't Ask, Don't Get Baby before last year when it was in London, and I'm very excited to see Charlotte's show later this month. 
So if this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, you might as well join us on social media at The Stagey Place on both Instagram and Twitter, where this month I am here in Edinburgh throughout the whole festival. So you'll see a lot more exclusive content on our Instagram and Twitter. So do make sure to head over there and give us a follow for all the fringe content coming out this August. And so until next week, when I am chatting to Charlotte and Alice for episode two of our Edinburgh Fringe specials, my name's been Elliot. You've been listening to The Stagey Place. I hope you're keeping safe and you're staying stagey. Goodbye.